here on the Lollygaggers podcast, we believe that all of this has happened before, and all of it will happen again, probably next week, and the week after. In this episode, Jeff rambles incoherently about his current Battlestar Galactica binge, while Justin is continuously outsmarted by Sherlock Holmes' consulting detective. Both Lollygaggers then simultaneously begin and end a rewatch of Highlander, the TV series. Welcome to episode number 87 of the Lollygaggers podcast, a show about all sorts of different things, from comics to games, movies to really bad TV. I'm your host, Jeff. Oh, Justin, what's up? <laughs> it's, it's a Cohen fight. So, like, I have been watching, and this is Welcome not, to the quickening. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But I have been watching uh, a lot of Battlestar Galactica the past couple of days because it's they've been doing... I I love that show mm-hmm. except for one specific point. Okay, what's the Pacific? I, specific I talk. Point? I talk. It's Pacific, Jeffrey. It's it's specific. I, it's with an S. I talk about this to my brother <laughs> and my friend many many times. That the two episodes where Apollo is fat and then thin yeah. within yeah. a month is the most infuriating shit I've ever seen on a TV show in my entire life. It's actually worse than that because I am I saw those episodes yesterday. It's actually four episodes technically, but it's about a two week time period between when he starts garbage on the it's exercise garbage unwatchable. Yeah. I feel unwatchable. like I feel like they just forgot. I think maybe Apollo just didn't realize he was in a, in a fat suit, and so then he was just oh, like, just take this off. "Oh, after like two weeks of exercise, he's like, man, this exercise is." Way difficult. I should probably take it off. Or maybe he was putting the fat suit on to try to make the the exercise better. Kind of like when you were playing baseball and you put like the little little donut, the weight on the on the bat when you swing and stuff like that. And you take it off and you're like, oh, oh, it's so much better to swing now. And it's maybe, like when Goku trains with weights and then he takes them off and he's like way stronger. I, right? I, have, I have no idea what you're talking right. about. Okay. So so uh, I'm into the fourth season uh uh, at this point i've missed the only arc i missed was the uh the pegasus arc which was at like three o'clock in the morning one night so i couldn't actually watch it which is a shame because i'm a huge fan of michelle forbes but because she sends in row she'll always be instant row to me uh but like looking back i i realized how amazing battlestar galactica is and i started thinking about how many episodes there were per season? There's 20 episodes per season. And although some of those... The old format is so strange. hard to watch, man. It's so hard. It's not hard, though. Like, I actually found it really, really good. But, like, the thing the thing is, is, like, my, my point I was trying to get at here is when I think about, like, Netflix shows and things like that that we watch these days that have, like, 8 to 10 episodes, right? And, like, 8 to 10 episodes for a season. And then Netflix likes to cancel stuff after three seasons or so. Or they only go, like, four or five seasons. And they end up only having, like, 30 to 50 episodes. Like, Battlestar Galactica has got, like, 80 eps, man. It's got four seasons, each with, like, 20 episodes. It's got a mini series that led the, sh- the show off. And then it had the, like, the the Razor, like, m- like TV movie. Like, that kind of in, in between, like, just before... Uh, just before ep- uh, season four came out, which I just right, the whole thing's morning. weird. Like it was a miniseries turned into a TV show on NBC, was canceled, picked up by Sci-Fi. It's like such a really weird thing it went through. The other thing is like I I was realizing this last night, and I, I said this to my wife, like I miss miniseries. I really like miniseries. I always used to watch miniseries in the ninety when they were like out. Even the bad ones, I still remember watching a Shining, the Shining miniseries with Steven Weber, the guy from, so, yeah, uh, from Brian Wings? from Wings, yeah, yeah. I totally and that, yeah. and Rebecca De Mornay was his wife, uh, and and 
I'll tell you, I definitely like the movie better, but I still remember it. And I love Wings. And speaking of Wings, one of my other favorite miniseries uh, was Storm of the Century, which is a Stephen King book that was turned into a miniseries starring Stephen Weber's brother from Wings, Tim Daly, who is Joe from Wings. And there are a couple other people in that, too, whose names I can't really remember. Well, isn't the modern day version of that like limited series like your like your outsider and stuff like that? I mean, I guess you could say that. But even still, like outsider could easily turn into a second season. Like we could I I don't know if it will or not. We don't have any news about that. But like, I, I mean, I think that's fair. But I always remember that miniseries were like events. And they would happen in like a week or like in like two or three days or something like that, where like two for two, th- two or three consecutive days, you'd have like two hours here, two hours there, two hours there. I still remember the stand. Like they made the stand with like Molly Ringwald and Gary Sinise. Remember the Langoliers? I do remember oh, the Langoliers with Bronson oh, Pinchow. Terrible. Oh my God. And like the Pac Men were chasing them, basically. It's all I remember is that Pac Men were chasing them. <laughs> it had David Morris in it from, uh, from Contact and a few other things like that. The father from Contact, he was the pilot. Oh, man. The things that I started remembering when I started thinking about miniseries and how much I love the Battlestar Galactica miniseries, it was so good. Like, going, go back and watch the Battlestar Galactica miniseries. It is just it's just so good. It's one of the first shows where the ending of the first season hooked me so hard. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't not keep watching this because they build General Adama so high. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's, it's very... I guess it's very game. It did it before Game of Thrones, though. Very Game of Thrones. That's where you think, oh, this is about him, you know. And then they just, oh, he's dead, and it's just a really great cliffhanger. So yeah, I, for me, the height of Battlestar Galactica is end of season two, start of season three, when they do the time jump. Which uh, I have students in my writing courses who uh, know that I hate time jumps just in general because I feel like they're often like lazy devices. But I love the Battlestar Galactica time jump so much, uh, like where. Like at the end of season two, the presidential election is ending. Rosalind tries to steal the election, uh, but they had just discovered New Caprica, and that's how Baltar and and Tom uh, Tom Sarek they decide to like stake a claim on like we should settle here. And she's like, no, we definitely shouldn't. So everyone votes for Baltar. He wins the presidential election despite the fact that she tries to you know she tries to steal. And then like the the half Cylon half human baby was just born, and like she took that one and hit Jeff, it. And so- I think we made a huge mistake here. Um, I, I feel like we really should have watched Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Maybe we should have of, done a TV show started in early 2000s. Yeah, we could do like 90s. we could rewatch Lost again and stuff. Like, there's so many things that we could watch. Yeah, but when season four comes around, you got me lost. I, I, I don't want any part of it. Lost isn't so bad. I mean, Lost isn't so bad when you get to not. I mean, you don't have to wait week to week. Like the experience of like I've talked about this with our friend Wobbly before. It's just like. The notion of of waiting week to week, like lost was intense. Like the fact that I was sitting there desperate week to week. Sometimes I would scour the internet for theories and I would talk about other like I don't you don't really do that anymore and then in the age of streaming. Not that I'm I'm saying we should go back. It's just like it's a different thing. You know, it's just being able to, to control your no we Kate, gotta go back. Kate, we have to go back. We have to go back. But getting back to Battlestar Galactica, like the show is is just so fantastic. Like now I'll say this: the Cylons, like the actual, uh, the actual robotic models, that's not holding up that great. Uh, <laughs> that's what I was assuming. <laughs> not holding up that, that great. From about twenty years ago, wasn't going to show. Uh, but it's not. It wasn't. It was fifteen years ago, maybe. It was, yeah, it was like two thousand four, two thousand nine. So about fifteen, fifteen, ten years ago. But like the space battles, completely hold up. Absolutely, all of the space battle stuff, the Viper stuff, the Raptor stuff, all of that's holding up really, really strong. Uh, but the only the only thing that's really questionable is like when the actual robotic sentinels come around. 
Uh, I just watched the Razor movie this morning, and that's where they did like the throwback to the Centurions from the original uh, Battlestar Galactica, and that was pretty cool. And they looked terrible, uh, but yeah. Uh, and I also realized like when I started watching, I remember watching the show when I originally looked at it, and there were certain characters I liked and certain characters I didn't like. Uh, and I always like you know Adama, obviously he was pretty cool, and uh, he's just so handsome. And then you find out he's British, it's even better. Well, I I actually meant the the, the dad. I always liked the, the Admiral Tom. I was love I love me. You find out how do I reach these kids? Selena, and it's even better. Always yeah. always asking the whole time, how do I reach these kids? It's great. It's like I'm gonna, how do I reach gonna, the Cylons? He's gonna teach them calculus, and everything's gonna be okay. But uh, Edward James almost is amazing, by the way. Uh, but like, I started watching it, and I realized like there are certain characters. Like, I hate Starbuck. Like, she's the worst. She's so awful. I didn't like her from to the, so the many first people. I, I don't remember watching and realizing what a, just a gaslighting, dick. awful person she was, she's, and she's how dick. T- she ruins lot. She she what she does to Anders, what she does to Lee, like to those people, and then she's just a bully. Like she's a total bully, and then she gets really mad. And like I, I watched the episodes where like there was where they were back after they recovered from New Caprica, and they started doing all the executions and stuff. And they executed Jammer because he was part of the police force. And then they got Gaida, Gaida, and they were, they were gonna kill him too. And she's like, "No, we need to kill him, kill him, kill him." And like that's when the the chief steps in. The chief's, I think, my favorite character. Uh, I think start to finish, he's the guy I like the best. Uh, cause he's, I don't know. He just, he seems like a down to earth. I think I liked, type of I liked the president the most. Rosalind? Um, right on. I thought she was great. Um, it's the point where I think I almost, for the first time I watched the finale, I think I, or this, it was like the second to the season finale. Cause it's when she dies. I think I almost cried when it happened. It's, yeah. it's like so long ago. I can't remember. Yeah. That's coming yeah. up later today. Cause like the, the sci-fi is getting through season four today. And so then we're going to hit the end, that big three parter. Uh, I missed the one of my favorite episodes is the end of season three when uh, when the final five or at least four of the final five before we realize that Ellen's a Cylon, like four of the final five start to hear the uh, the Jimi Hendrix Bob Dylan song that's playing all around, which is awesome. Like how it's like in that that kind of bear was it was a bear McCreary. What was the name of the. I can't remember the name of the the actual composer, but I remember his first name was Bear. Anyway, like he did his own little interpretation. Like it, I think it's Bear Grills. Bear Grills. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I love I I just love that episode a lot where they actually just start hearing it and they come to a realization that they're silenced. There's just like so much really great stuff in Battlestar Galactica, and if people are out there like thinking of of something to watch, uh, yes, you you could absolutely do what Justin and I did, and you could go back to the '90s and watch Highlander. It's the best choice of or, what we have here. Or you could uh, do like I did and uh, stop doing the work that you're supposed to be doing. Actually, I did do the work, but I was doing it while I was listening and watching because I have like the two monitors set up and one of my monitors is set up to watching Battlestar Galactica. Uh, and it's pretty fantastic. So thanks for letting me geek out for like 10 minutes here about Battlestar Galactica. I'll, I'll say this. Battlestar Galactica and Lost were contemporaries and like they, they overlapped in time time period. I was always a huge Lost fan. Like that was my that was my number one. Battlestar Galactica was my number. two. I was more of a Battlestar. I think he, that was my one. Right. To Lost, I don't think I, I had. I think I put like a Breaking Bad above Lost. But that's a, I think it's a different. It's a little uh, bit later in the time period because that's the 
yeah the 10 odds right yeah the, the th- that was a couple years later but like i mean i i have i have I'd say radical for number feelings one, about breaking bad number one is is battlestar i just love that show from start to finish so much yeah i know you have uh mixed feelings about the ending the deus ex machina stuff that goes on it's not so much that like, i just don't like the last five minutes uh if they would have ended this this series of battlestar if they Galactica, didn't do like the, the mid credits thing or whatever they, well they, they, okay so like, so i mean I, I have to watch it again later today to get the exact things in my memory but here's what i remember and maybe i'm 100 percent wrong on this but here's what i remember is that one of the last images we see of the now which is them finding earth is uh, we see Adama bringing the president to that beautiful site where they, they've talked for a while now about building that cabin and stuff like that. And that's, and she dies in his arms, like overlooking like this beautiful that's when tract I of land. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where yeah. the show should have ended. I contend that that is exactly where the show should have ended on that amazingly beautiful moment. But instead, they, it goes five minutes longer and we start doing the ma- the massive like flash forward you know, a couple thousand years or whatever to today, modern day life. And we're seeing Japanese like robot dogs barking in the window. And then we see, you know, Caprica or excuse me. Then we see a uh, Baltar and like six and stuff. Like they're all kind of walking through uh, and they're talking because we realize they're like some sort of gods. And I'm just like, man, I just don't care about that kind of stuff. Like what, what was really amazing to me was like the character relationships and stuff like that. And like that moment between, you know, Adama and, pre- and the president was like so great. And then it was such an anticlimactic, like smarmy little, little five minute end. I'm like, that's, that's what you want to be your last note. Like you don't want the, the other thing to end on like love and sadness and her finally meeting her destiny of like leading these people to their promised land and stuff. Man, was that a bad decision? I still contend that is an awful decision. Just absolute awful decision. What they did still do. I, I, I thought I didn't really get as, I guess, perturbed about it. Yeah, I'm getting know, mad just thinking about it, right? Drive it as that, but like, <clears throat> I, I was fine with that. But like, Lost for me around season four, it got really in some muddy waters and lost my my attention in the in the show quite a bit. I think season three um, is where it turned weird. I thought season four is when they actually. It's whenever they were in the village, whatever season that was. Yeah, where that was like the little town. That's where I got kind of lost, but like Battlestar Galactica had me held the yeah Battlestar Galactica had me held the entire time, and the really only complaint I had about it you is did, a, as Adama losing weight. You were okay. You were okay with the Baltar sex cult, like you're okay with yeah, the. I, 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 I wasn't fun. a huge fan of that one, like because that's where we're at right now, where he's just like, I don't know, like sometimes it's it's weird. Well, let's put it this way that that I don't even really remember. It's season so I don't, four. I'm not, even, I'm not even upset about it. <laughs> But I will always remember how freaking boring and I thought, trot, you know, like just trot, trudging through the season, the whole village stuff was. I just couldn't stand it. And I don't also, even like, stand talking about with village love, stuff. What the is love this? triangle, like the, the Dharma village, the Dharma encampment. Okay. That's season three. Um, I think you're talking about season and, three. And then the love triangle, I thought it was just a waste of time. What love and triangle? The, it was a love quadrangle. And speaking yeah, of love triangles, Lee, Starbuck, and Anders. And then you add in the quadrangle of Dwala. Come on, man. I don't. I think you're thinking of a square, Jeff. I am a geometry teacher. I think it's a quadrangle. I, no, you're right. Okay. Um, but like, like I said, like there's no part of Battlestar that I remember kind of souring me. But I, there was a lot of stuff, and and also when they got rid of Echo, and I know that was more of a financial decision and stuff like that. I thought that was really 
But he just of, I think well, he, I think it was because they filmed in in Hawaii in California and he's from Britain and he wanted to be with his folks no, his he, family. He want he wanted to get paid more and they didn't want to pay him. That's mm. what it was. That's what I remember. But like right. I'm gonna Google I that while you're doing your thing and, and fact check you. Uh maybe I don't know. Breaking I, bad. I don't want to turn the thing about breaking bad for me that that kind of upset me was like and it's supposed to is the moment where you you're no longer on Walt's side. Well, I, well, I don't know. Like, here's my feelings about Breaking Bad. I hate every single person in that show. There every there isn't a single person in there that I wanted to root for. And after a while, like in the beginning, I was rooting for Walter Wright, but after a certain point, I didn't even want to root for him anymore. And I just couldn't. Yeah, st- I think yeah. that's the point of it. Like, they want yeah. you to kind of like, what's the what's the distance you're willing to travel with this guy on his journey until you're like, okay, yeah, yeah that's enough. I mean, it's a great show. Like, it totally is. It's amazing. But, like, to me, I, I do like to root for people in the shows and stories that I consume. And, like, at a certain point, like, I That's can't why root I for watched and I once on ABC um, about Disney Princess. Once Upon a Time? It's, yeah. That's so bad. My wife watches it all. It's the worst. Anyways. What? Is this still going on? That was, that no, was it's done. over. But she's yeah. rewatching on Netflix. And it's ruining my house during this quarantine. All right, anyway, so. we got off we got off topic here. I just really wanted to talk about Battlestar Galactica and how I've been watching it lately. I did not mean it to go 15 minutes, but it has. And listen, whatever. this is a good conversation. It's fine. Battlestar Galactica is fantastic. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Lost is fantastic. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Both of them were ex- in existence, I think, during the writer strike, which really. And the writer strike way back when kind of really screwed up a lot of these sh- serial shows and stuff as it was putting like, these weird times and then certain writers couldn't work on stuff. So it got kind of awkward for some for some places. Uh, but both of these shows that we were just random, randomly talking about. But Battlestar Galactica, Sci-Fi Channel, they got it going on right now. There's going to be a Xena Warrior Princess one, but I wasn't a huge fan of Xena Warrior Princess. I was more of a Herc guy, you know. I'm a Kevin Sorbo man. Young Kevin Sorbo, no longer old because he's yeah, because he's 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 got some different views on life. He's not a very nice guy. (laughs) I was always a hurt guy over Xena guy personally. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's fine. Like I, I just think I, I wasn't watching TV as as regularly when when Xena Warrior Princess was really kind of getting going, and plus. That was one of those ones that was like in syndication, kind of like like the Hercules one. And it's like, when, yeah, it was when on was like it on? VPN yeah, it, it, it was so hard to find it. Like it wasn't like a like at least where I was anyway. Uh, but Battlestar Galactica, close it down here. Fantastic show uh, on again now. I'm pretty sure you could probably find it on some streaming services. It's just probably a better way to consume it than uh, than watching it with all these commercials, because I have seen. So many commercials because like Trisha Helfer is doing like these little interviews with all of the cast members, like doing like remote Zoom uh, or something like that uh, mess- messages. And so I have those all pretty much, uh, you know, memorized at this point. I can tell you that Dewala and to, to kind of, you know, her 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 spare time, she's been baking bread. Uh, I can tell you that uh, that the oh, chief information. I can tell you that the chief uh, has this really funny uh, wardrobe mal- wardrobe malfunction where he was in his orange jumpsuit and uh, he didn't have anything on underneath it. When a sound guy came to put on some mics, he just like ripped it open like he was Superman, forgetting that he didn't have on anything anything on underneath. And so that was a fun moment. And I know that Hilo uh, was built is uh, is is was building like a chicken coop uh, recently, and uh, now he's uh, he's trying to raise some chickens uh, during this coronavirus quarantine thing. So uh, you get to learn little nuggets like that. It's really great. And then there's a bunch of like nonsense stuff, but he has some cool little cool stuff like that. So check it out. Uh, if you haven't, if you never watched it, uh, go watch it. If you've watched it before, watch it again. It's a feel good series in the sense that you know a lot of people die, and it's about the near extinction of the human race. So. Uh, anyway, to Justin, uh, what have you been doing, buddy? 
Um, I've been watching Community. Let's talk about Community for the next twenty minutes. Right, Have you really it. been watching Community? Yeah, it's game. It's new on Netflix, man. It's it's so great to watch. And the best part about it, since it came on Netflix, I think Joe McHale and Ken Jong have um, created a uh, a podcast called The Darkest Timeline, where they just talk about stuff that happened in the show because they have nothing else that they can do right now. So they just start a little podcast. So I'm going to get into that. I want to try and get deeper into that, and I'll talk about it next week. But um, Community on Netflix is definitely worth a watch because it's so great. I just got through the first season where they had their paintball game and um, uh, the Dr. Ken just got fired for being a teacher because he doesn't have a license. So it's pretty great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, other than that, um, to get off TV, my wife and I, I asked you like two, three weeks ago because we knew that stuff was going to get kind of close here. We're I feel like it was longer ago than that, but time moves differently now, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't even know what day of the week it could it have is. been like two months ago. I'm not sure. So we got you suggested a Sherlock Holmes game, and so we got a Sherlock Holmes game. Um, I forget who the production creators of. I'll have to look at it here in a second. But um, it's it was eighty dollars. I forget who makes it. Um, and basically, the way the game works is you have ten cases because I thought it was only going to be like two or three, but there's ten. Um, like actual cases you work on. The first four, they suggest you don't do the first four, you know, to start off with is about Jack the Ripper. <clears throat> and it's a series that they're all kind of connected to each other. And then you have another six that are basically like mysteries that happen around uh, Victorian London and your job is kind of solve it. You are not um, Inspector Holmes or Watson. You are part of these, like a, I guess a group um that works with him alongside him to kind of like help you know facilitate his work but he kind of does the work on his own and it's your job with one of his uh, associates wiggins to go about the city and try and solve it yourself hopefully before he does you don't ever figure out for him he always figures it out because he's sherlock holmes but the objective of the game is to solve it in less moves that he did. Which fear. me and my wife have... I said less. It's so, fear. For, so for me and my wife, um, <laughs> it never happens. because It never happens Sherlock for Holmes anyone, dude. Don't worry about it. It's a freak. Like It's, it's ridiculous, really. Yeah. Um, so the way the game works is... It's a, they're good stories. Really well-written-out stories. The first one that we did was about a guy who was an old colleague of Watson comes in and says he's been targeted for an assassination. And he thinks it's these four people that did it. So you have this, I think it's usually like maybe four pages worth of a story. And it's nice. It's a, it kind of builds the atmosphere for you. Yeah. I like turn we, on. we should point out like, it's it's a board game, but it's not really a board game. Like in the sense that you the don't only have a board, board about it is a piece of paper. It looks like a map. You basically have a series of of materials. Like there's like a newspaper. There's like an index. There's like a map yeah. of the map of London. Like all of it's like foldable paper and things like that. And it's just materials that you can look through, and then from that derive kind of a narrative and a mystery. So, but yeah. So like they they come up with an idea of like this guy's someone's trying to kill me. I need you to figure it out, Holmes. So as his like associates, you try and solve it alongside him. And so he gives you four people 
on that particular case, you can only access one newspaper. There's like a whole bunch of newspapers that come in it as well. You can look at newspapers, look at any type of articles you might think might be pertinent to the situation. In this particular one, there really wasn't anything in the newspaper. Um, and then you get a map. And basically the game is you find leads. And so the first four leads are the four, first four guys that he mentions. You try and uncover these leads and then go see these people. And there's in the book, it says like, so say it was John Smith. <clears throat> John Smith is in 34 Southeast. So you go to the book where it says 34 Southeast and it says you've gone there and then you start talking to John Smith. And then he gives his story and it kind of creates more leads or more different branches to it. So <clears throat> like Jeff said, there's not really a, a board game to it or like, you know, competitive nature. You're just kind of taking these stories and figuring out parts of them that might fit with your, with your investigation and trying to unravel the the whole thing. Yeah, it's a little. It's got a little in common with like a choose your own adventure. Like if you, if you remember the old school choose your own adventure stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. get to kind of dictate what you're doing, but the game is not like there isn't like this overarching structure that you have to follow. There's timers, like like Justin was saying. Like there's a point based system. Like ultimately, you can just play the game to solve the mystery, and that's fine. And that's usually what Melissa and I do. Uh, my that's wife what we I, did the first right. time. We were like. After that, like, okay, we just want to figure it out. Right. And after that, like it, it just the scoring system at the end kind of just tells you how well you did and how and then you compare it to homes, like how quickly did homes figure it out too. Uh and if that's like if and that's it's like, what you like, did it in 35 leads, he did it in two and a half. I'm like, what? Yeah, because he no. takes ridiculous intuitive leaps that honestly would never hold up in court, and he's really just gets lucky. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. So uh Anyway, this is, by the way, this is called, uh, like, the game itself is Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Like, that's, like, the full, that's the full name. This is a very old game, meaning it's, like, 30 years old, give or take. I can't remember the exact uh, year it came out, but it's, it's been out for a very long time. And then they've had, uh, they've had the, they have had some expansions and stuff. Like, they had some expansions come out in the 90s. And then just a few years ago, uh, they reprinted it. So, Asmodee uh, is the company that's, that's reprinting it right now. They're the sort of the big the, one of the biggest one of the two them in a hasbro are basically like one of the the, the two biggest the quality is really good like right. the, the materials the the booklets mm -hmm. all the different things they give you is very very well done for a very long entire. time it was a hard to find game meaning like they didn't have they didn't reprint it very often uh and it was very very hard to find and even like there's some I still remember because we have one of the older versions and we still have case three and case three has some terrible typos that kind of screw up your entire investigation. But that is all removed from the new versions like the 27 because it came out, I think, 2017. Uh, and then there's like a couple different versions like because there's all different cases. There's the Thames cases. There's the there's the West End Adventures. There's like the Jack Ripper stuff. And I think a lot of them, some of them have been kind of consolidated. And then there's just like different boxes that you can get as well. And it's a really good cooperative game. So like it's like you can play this cooperatively. You can play this solo game like it says it plays up to eight people. But in reality, like, I mean, you could do that. But I don't know. I think two is really good, like playing it with a spouse or playing it with a family or something like that. Like definitely you can get some fun stuff on it because it, it was good because like what we did is like she kind of was on her side of the room. I was on my side of the room. We kind of just bounced ideas back and forth. And like I was in charge of the directory. She was in charge of reading the stories and stuff like that and kind of like come up with ideas. And then the, the second game we played got really fun because then I started feeling like I was piecing it together and it was really good. It was like, Oh, cause like the one we, the second one we did was about um, the darts club guy who dies right. on his, right, right, right. his front porch. 
And then when I uncovered the big twist in it, I was like, oh, oh, I just realized because I was looking at it. I was like, oh, it's not this side of the paper. It's that side of the paper. And it's like, oh, it, was, it, it got really, really fun. I'm like, okay, now we're starting to put the, you know, fill the holes in this whole thing of like, all right, I knew he's here. He's here. Something's wrong in this place. But I couldn't fill the little pieces. But then once we started, like, it was like one or two little things. She said, let's go here. And I was like, okay. And we, we uncovered little things. Like, it finally makes sense. It's all putting together. And I was, yeah, I think we've got like 70% of the story. And then, like, there was an, most things have like a little extra murder in there, too. I wasn't even aware of the extra murder because we skipped it. Like, idiots in the beginning. It was like the first thing that they told us. We even wrote it down in the book. And we're like, eh, I'll talk about that later. And we totally forgot about it. But, like, <clears throat> it's really funny. Kind of like, Cause it's like its own little like escape room. Yeah. You're kinda, like, it's definitely a, it's a precursor to escape rooms. I mean, this game's been around for a really long time, but the idea of collective puzzle solving and while like there's, there's not like a, there's a time limit in the sense that you're just keeping a track of your score and like every visit, every lead that you kind of investigate, some of them are just dead ends. And if you choose like the wrong leads to investigate, you don't get any information. And at the end of the game, as you're counting your score, like the amount of stuff that you've done, because it'll ask you certain questions at the end. Did you do this? And did you do that? And if you're answering yes to some of those, that's because it's been taking you too long. And that's how it kind of calculates your score. So there's not like any any kind of like, oh, I have to do this in, you know, you know, 30 minutes or so. And the game's over. Like some of the, the modern day escape room games that Justin and I have talked about in the past, some of the exit games and some of the unlock games. It doesn't have it in those terms. But there is still the time limit from the sense of, you know, there's a ticking clock. And then narratively or thematically, you know, like, OK, we got to get this. We got to catch this murderer before they get away or whatever. And so like there's that that's in the, in the back of your head. But it doesn't necessarily have the kind of stress that kind of that, that sometimes an escape room can have when you know, like, OK, I have X amount of seconds uh, or or if to get this key or to figure out this clue or else suddenly we're out of air and we all die, you know, uh, so. It's it's definitely a grandfather to that kind of those th- th- that kind of system like the the escape room system, uh, but it's a little bit more it's a little bit more freeform and I don't want to say sandboxy because that's taking it too far. Even though it does have something, you just like have that. a thousand choices you can make, right? Like, but you can very quickly narrow those choices just by paying attention to like the setup of the specific case you're working on, and that'll narrow it to a handful of names and a handful of places, and then you just start picking the ones that you think are also, most likely to start you know filling you know following. There's also like a ton of things in the book that you may not even read because you just don't decide to go there. And they might be huge chunks of the story that you're not aware of. Like the first one with the insane asylum, there was like two or three that I saw on there that we never really read, but were huge chunks of the story, which I thought was really interesting. And that is actually different ways. One of the criticisms I have heard about this game in the past. And honestly, one that I kind of, I, I, I completely understand is that, if you're playing optimally, right? If you're playing to solve the case in as few investigative trips as possible, what that means is that you're going to make intuitive leaps at times, and you're going to cut, you know, you're you're going to cut corn, not cut corners. That, that that might be too strong a term, but you're going to jump over things and make those intuitive leaps. But in doing so, you're missing the opportunity to read certain elements of the story. So, like, there is this sort of push and pull between the mystery element of it and trying to solve the puzzle but also the narrative element in trying to experience the story. And so depending on how you play, like you might be more inclined to, to care about the puzzle and, and in doing so you miss some of the story. Or if you play like the way my, my wife and I play, we care a little bit more about the story. And so we're kind of exploring a little bit more exhaustively just to kind of learn a bit about the different characters and the different events so that we can piece together the whole narrative 
and our scores usually aren't great, but we just don't really care about that. But there's flexibility, I think, to play it however you want to play it, right? Like you don't have to worry about the score if you don't want to. Uh, yeah, I don't really care about the score anymore. Exactly. I think for you're the me opposite. And my wife, of us, yeah, it's it's one of the things where it's like I I want well I don't care about this I don't care about the score I just, I want to solve the case thoroughly. I don't really want to know the whole story. I just want to know that I got it right. And you want to have so the like, evidence for it to hold up in court, which is not what yeah, Sherlock that's, that's Holmes kinda, does. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to do too. I want to be like, okay, well, like the the whole thing was like I with, with the last one we did, which was about the guy that was in prison, and there was like a murder in the prison as well, or in the insane asylum, there was a murder there. It's like I get the pieces. I see what happened here. And I could say I could code I could go to Sherlock and say it's this guy, but I don't have the motivation and I don't have how it happened. And I wanted to figure that out. I wanted to figure out the extra little pieces before we went to this. I was when I was talking to my wife about. It, I'm like, I, I think I know what we got here, but there's just no connective tissue as to like the motivations. Like, like this guy, he's clearly working in underground with these people. This guy's a bad guy. He did all this stuff. He's obviously connected, but like how and that's that to me it's more it's not so much along the lines of the story i just want to know that i have the correct pieces in play with the correct connective tissue to be able to like say i got the whole story you know that's that's kind of what i'm looking for as was so eloquently spoken in a few good men it doesn't matter what you believe it only matters what you can prove right I and mean, that, that's kind of what you're after here yeah 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 i ben. i figure ben I, uh, I made a few good men reference this morning with my wife completely off air. So I realized that you don't understand uh, that that was cool. That's the second time I've made. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so if you like. What? That's the right movie? No, that's a Richard uh, Gere awesome. movie. Awesome that's an officer and gentleman. That was the same thing. Completely different act. Oh my god, that's Louis Gossett Jr., Richard Gere, Deborah Deborah Winger. Oh, it's so good. Uh, okay, so if you like Sherlock Holmes, consulting detective, there's a couple different versions. Like I said, there's a West End adventure. There's Jack the Ripper and the West End Adventures. There's the Thames cases uh, as well. Uh, and then there's another game that's very similar to Sherlock Holmes, definitely inspired by it, that came out on Kickstarter a few years back. Probably going to be a little bit harder to find, but same same style. It's called Mythos Tales, and it's basically Sherlock Holmes, but with uh, but with Cthulhu components. And so it's got uh, a little bit of that that kind of Cthulhu Lovecraftian fish mythos. people and cats with awful names. Uh, it's all about? more like people doing like weird summonings and stuff and ritualistic things and and like the the murders that you're finding are kind of are coming up. Uh, and I love that kind of stuff because one of my favorite like stories and slash uh, like comics and stuff like that that has come out uh, in many years now is Neil Gaiman's The Study in Emerald, which is basically a Sherlock Holmes adventure. But it is within the universe, uh, like his his own kind of interesting uh, London universe, where like the old gods, uh, the Cthulhu based gods, have been have over already overtaken, and so humanity is just existing with them as their overlords. And it's a wonderful, wonderful story. There's a short story. There is a uh, Isn't comic there a book game. There is there is a there's a board game called A Study in Emerald. I thought uh, there's a video game that's very similar to that too. Uh, there might Thumbs be like Sherlocky, yeah. But there's not. It's not a study in Emerald. And then there's also a comic that came out, and I talked about it on uh, on the podcast about a year ago or so, maybe a little bit more than that. But you can also find it there. But it's that kind of idea of blending the two together, uh, and it's the same system. It's like a big. There's like a big book, a map, you know, different address books. 
that one smaller company Kickstarter. There were some typos. They were kind of kind of frustrating. But if you can get it, you could probably get it relatively cheap uh, secondhand. Uh, it's definitely the same style of game, uh, and it's really fun. So it's a good uh, non-competitive. So it's a cooperative game. Both all of these types of games we're looking at are cooperative. So uh, I definitely recommend it. That's why I recommended to Justin. So glad that you and Chrissy are enjoying it. Speaking of enjoying things and wanting to enjoy stuff, uh, Justin and I, <laughs> Justin and I, were trying to think of something else we could do on the podcast just for funsies, uh, and we had this brilliant idea that we were going to watch. No, Jeffrey, not we. I I want ownership on this. Okay, if you listen back, is, if you actually listen, G- if, if you actually listen back to the episodes, uh, it was actually a shared idea that we uh, we bounced off each other and eventually came out of it. But if you want to take credit for it, the thing you get. Is you get credit for the name, which is like the quickening thing, the quickening cinematic <laughs> universe. But in terms of the idea, that was not just yours. And I have the vocal, the audio. I prefer the McLeod cinematic universe, the MCU. Well, so. I, it's the MCCU. It's the MCQ. Yeah. It's, it's, a it's M, the MCQ. Big M, big M little C, mm-hmm. big CU. That's, that's the universe. Right. Okay. Uh, so Justin and I, we, we said, like, you know what we're going to do? Uh, we're going to watch Highlander. And we're gonna watch it from uh, from the beginning, and uh, we were like, "Yeah, yeah, we're totally gonna do that." And so that's what we did. Uh, so up on on Amazon Prime Video, you can find Highlander the series. Now, Highlander the series came out in 1992, uh, and it is it is definitely a 1992 series. Uh, it's not dated at all. It's not dated at all. It's created by Davis Panzer Productions, and it stars Adrian Paul uh, as Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod, uh, Alexandra Vandernoot, at least for the first two se- well, the first season and a couple episodes, and then she reoccurs every now and then as Tess uh, or Tessa. It's got Stan Kirsch as Richie, who's around for most of the series. Uh, it's got Amanda Vice. I think she's Raven, if I recall. Jim Burns, Philip Akin, uh, a couple other folks, uh, and that's that's like the, the sort of the main cast. Now, if you're familiar with Highlander, the movie series, it's got Christopher Lambert in it, and if you remember from the mid '80s, Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery did Highlander, and then they did a couple uh, increasingly bad, <laughs> exp- uh, not expansions, uh, sequels. Uh, the basic premise is that there are immortals in the world. And that they do sword fights and they cut off each other's head so that they can uh, absorb their power. And there can be only one for, for reasons. And uh, once there's only one left, they will have the power of all the immortals that have ever existed. And they will then have the power to rule the world, etc., etc. But they also like get like, their memories and stuff like that. Yeah, so, like, the the memories and the powers, and that, that ends up being like a key point that's explored a little bit in more depth later in the series. As like you can get you can get some spiked juju, man. Like when you get when you get other people people stuff, it ain't just like their powers. Some of that power is bad. Like they eh, some of them give you the clap. Is basically what's going on. Like it's uh yeah, it's a little rough, and uh, a couple people suffer suffer the consequences uh, later in the series. So that's a that's a QTD. That's a quickening transmitted disease. <laughs> look, that is. look at you with just all these things. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Highlander series. It's set in the nineties. Uh, so don't so expect. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not like a, a expect series. great hair. Expect great music. Uh, expect some, fantastic. There's some technology. Good music. There's some good music. See, uh, so it's, uh, 
yeah, it's um, it's so it's based on like it's based on the 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 actual movies themselves. And Christopher Lambert does actually show up uh, in the in the pilot episode. Justin and I watched the first two episodes just just, just to, to, to tap our toes in the water and see if we want to we're, continue. We're testing this. the water, just, see see how see. hot it is. So Christopher Lambert shows up in it, and uh, he's Connor McCloud. They're not related, but they're of the same clan. They're they're both McClouds. Uh, they're the same Scottish clan. Uh, and they're the member of the same race of immortals. Connor's a little bit older, and Connor is like, and this is sort of explored in a little bit in flashbacks. Connor uh, was one of the ones that kind of helped Duncan understand that he was an immortal, all that kind of stuff, in the same way that Sean Connery did the same thing to Connor in the movie uh, uh, The Highlander. Now, the way the series works is that each episode is largely a problem of the week type episode, though the further we get along, we start getting some more complicated storylines and we get repeating characters and you know people come back. But for the most part, it's like, what's the problem of the week? And we also have all sorts of flashbacks to different parts of, uh, of Duncan's lifetime, because Duncan has been alive for about 400 years. And in doing so, he has accrued a, mass, a, a, a vast amount of experience. Uh, and so we will see all sorts of different bits and pieces about his life. Uh, in the first two episodes, uh, we get quite a bit about uh, where, you know, what happened to him initially, like how he died initially, and then he was recovered. And then like his 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 father, quote unquote father, like uh, he banished him thinking he was like a demon because he came back to life uh, and things like that. Uh, in the first one, uh Duncan McLeod has been out of quote the game for a while, and the game is the idea of high, you know of of these immortals hunting immortals down and killing each other, getting taking their power. And he's been out of the game for a bit, and he has settled down with Tess, and the two of them are running uh, a what is it called an antique shop basically. And uh, yeah, it's anti- they always say antique shop, and she's like the curator of it pretty much. I think they're like co-owners, uh, I believe, because the name I can't remember their name, but the name the name has got like their last names tied together. It's like something and something. I can't remember, but the two of them. Um, so like they're and they're also uh, very much in love, uh, and she's privy to a lot of his Highlander stuff, meaning she knows he's immortal. Uh, she knows some of the deal, but she doesn't know all of it. And then suddenly she knows all the good parts. She right. doesn't know all of, like the head choppy offy parts. Right. You know? Then bull from night court. Uh, <laughs> That's one of my notes. I go bull from <laughs> yeah. night court and his acting prowess. Of this episode. Oh my. Far God. exceeds anything from night court. Uh, but bull from night court uh, shows the best up. Is when he takes his mask off. And he's like, <laughs> he gets cut in the face. Just, which makes, I don't understand how he got cut in the face. But he wears so this good. metal mask and he has hunted down Duncan McLeod. Uh, and one night he, he's like starting to, to poke and prod and see what's going on. And this happens to be the same night uh, that Ricky is uh, breaking into the antique shop to steal something. And it just so happens to be the same night that Connor uh, is, is coming to visit as well possibly tracking uh, a, a bull from night court. And then suddenly Ricky is thrust into this because he's, he's observing this. And the first episode ends with uh, a, a couple different duels. There's a duel between first Connor and bull from night court uh, in which Connor loses and gets knocked off a, off a bridge. And then Duncan shows up and he wins it and he cuts the guy's head off. And then a really impressive lightning effects happen. Uh, and, uh, and I'm not seeming saying that facetiously. I thought for the most part, the effects were decent uh, for 92. Uh, but Rick, Ricky sees this, and that's the end of episode one. Episode two is more about Ricky, and so we learn about him and how he's an orphan, and he doesn't really know his parents, and so he's trying to track down his parents, and this one guy who he thinks might be his dad 
Uh, it's probably not his dad because it's Jack Ryan or John Ryan or something. And uh, no, his name was he called himself. His father's name was Jack Ryan. I know because I was a spy. Yeah, he always thought he was a spy. Uh, but we learned John that Krasinski. Uh, man, whenever I think of Jack Ryan, I just think of Harrison Ford. Like he's my he's my go to Harrison like Harrison Ford. But I tell you, Alec Baldwin is pretty mean. Jack Ryan. So. Uh, so yeah, it's just basically a big backstory issue about uh, learning about Ricky. There's no actual immortal fighting in the second one. No sword fighting. There's some there's some punching with some annoying wannabe. Oh god, like this. Ricky's quote unquote father is uh, you know he works at a, at a at a some sort of underground gambling casino and he gets in badly and he lets some money go away and then he has to steal stuff and. Ricky's trying to defend him, but then it ends up not going well. But there isn't any Highlander stuff. Like, there's actually no immortal stuff, and that's the end of episode. There's no two. choppy choppy at so, all. All right, so Justin, what do you what do you think so far? Like looking back now, so let's our... let's let's look at my notes. Um, I wrote down. Okay. Um, immediately in the episode, uh, Adrian's shirtless. Immediately, like first scene, he's got no shirt on, which I, makes sense. I mean, yeah. Dude, if if I had a body like him, I would wear pirate shirts all the time. From, yeah, this he's got two types of shirts in this entire <laughs> show. It is puffy pirate shirt or vest with white with white uh, like a like a white sweater under it, and yeah. that's all I've seen, and that's all I remember from the show. Do you like, remember this? Remember the Seinfeld episode where uh, Kramer was yeah, like seeing shirt. a woman who was really quiet talker and Jerry accidentally agrees to wear the big pirate puffy shirt, like on, on the tonight show. And then, yeah, yeah. This is basically uh, Duncan McLeod wearing that type of shirt. Unironically. Seriously. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, um, he has a glorious mullet because it eventually becomes all long, but right now in the first couple episodes, it's it's mullety because I don't agree with that. I I do not agree with that. As I don't think it's a mullet. I think it's just pulled back. I I, dis- I disagree. I, I completely look, disagree. Look, I, I from my perspective, uh, you know, I disagree. Art is meant to be interpreted differently by different people. It's not all right. Like that's not art. a mullet. Like there is there are definitive explanations of what a mullet is. Like you can see his hair down in the flashbacks. Uh, all it is is they have it back in a ponytail. Hey, you know what's underneath a pony's tail? A, um, a horse's ass. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, football so coach told I me that joke a, when I was like fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I come from a different world because this this movie this show came out in nineteen ninety. We should watch I a was... different world next. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Anyways, we probably should. I was. I was, not, no, no. I was six at the time when this show came out. So you're a little bit older. This is more your wheelhouse. I remember this because I know Chad was really into it, my older yeah. brother. And his uh, our, my next our next door neighbor, his, his friend that he had, she actually had the the Connor McCloud uh, sword hanging up in her room. The uh, like the the Japanese white handled sword. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> I guess vaguely. it was the yeah vaguely. I guess it was the Spaniard sword from uh, the movie too, because he gives it to Connor, and then Connor gives it to Duncan. Anyways, um. So I don't I don't remember a lot about this show at all. So there's a lot of stuff that pops up that I think is interesting. Um, in the first episode, so much glass ends up on the floor when um, a bull comes and invades his home. He breaks through a window to start off with. He knocks over a display case. Not just a window, a skylight. A skylight. Multiple <laughs> skylights. What a great way to start a duel. Jump in. 
from like a story and a half above so that you can land on the ground, stumble over the place, and, and immediately have like your knees hurting and be disoriented. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, that hurts so much. <laughs> like, what a wonderful so, tactical entrance. So, and then he leaves by breaking the window. So a ton of glass to, to clean up. Um, next question I have, is Richie 17 or 25? That's one thing I can't get here. Because yeah. um, they say he's going to end up in juvie. But the guy literally looks like he's twenty five years old, so I don't know. I think he's, I think sure. he's meant to be uh, like late teens, and then as the story progresses, well, that actor is not late teens. Um, Tessa was naked twice before she ever had clothes on in the show. So there's two like nude scenes with her, yeah, which I thought real classy, um, super classy. Uh, then I wrote villain bull with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, and and then I didn't understand why, uh, why Connor punched Duncan. I don't understand that that exchange. Why they got in a fight and he left. The writing on this show is very suspect at times. Um, mixed with really bad acting between, I think it takes Adrian a little bit to get into it. Bull was entertaining, but not um, I would say skilled. Uh, at the time, but he was hilarious to watch. I don't think that was the meaning of it, though. But Adrian Paul's acting in the first two episodes, at least, not the greatest. Um, especially when he acts like he's uh, Scottish and the accent just goes in and out. And or yeah, I mean Spanish that that is that is what it is, and you just whatever. I mean, he's got. I guess you just move through it. Um, and then my last note for the first episode was <laughs> which is um. The laugh of Raiden. Um, episode two, <laughs> also known as Family Tree. Um, did you notice that when the cop pushed pushed Ricky up against the wall, that there were two holes in the drywall because he slammed him he against slammed the so wall hard. so hard? Yeah, I saw that yeah. too. Yeah, I don't think that, that was meant to happen. But I was like, "Geez, how hard did he hit the walls? He broke them with his hands." I don't know. So. That, I thought that was interesting. Um, his origin is exactly the same as Connor McLeod's. They're from the same clan, so uh, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah. like his parents thinks he's a demon and cast them out. Like literally the same thing. Well, I mean, it makes he, sense. They were they're they're contemporaries. It's like they're like fifty years apart or something like that. So, but um, no, it, it's fair. I feel I feel like they could have they could have probably it's a gone different. Out. Yeah. But I mean, they still um, it's called the Highlander, so it kind of it's called Highlander, so it kind of has to be Scottish. Right. Sure, but like the ex- it was the exact same. I feel like um, I feel like if if they, if they named it like the Quickening or Immortals or something like that, I don't know. Like, but or Highlander colon just kidding, he's something else. Uh, I don't know. Highlander, remember the movie? Um, the music in the second episode, fantastic. Um, the music in the whole like, damn series is fantastic. You get some interlude when Ricky's looking for his father. Longest oh, montage I have ever 90s. seen in my life. Half the episode is 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 Rick is Ricky or Richie uh just going all around all over the place for like 30 minutes. And like it's this weird like 90s soft rock weird it was so strange. It was a great it was a power ballad, oh. man. It felt good. It felt good. It felt right. Uh and felt like someone was searching for his father. And uh, like. I got up and made a sandwich and I came back and it was still going. It was great. Um, and I was like, the next thing I wrote, his dad is Jack Ryan. 
uh same joke um his so he made uh, his his uh fake father made a fake story that his brother would put bets on the indians probably for them to lose all the time mm-hmm. something that makes sense well i don't know man that was major league time right that was early late, 90s late early, 80s early 90s major league early 90s they're getting better they're they were getting on their way because um that 95 is when they made their historic run of the world series and lost in the bottom of the ninth uh, against the braves so i don't want to talk about it. Mm. um to so yeah classly named uh, major league franchise yeah. Um, and finally, <laughs> the second episode, they didn't solve anything because they say that like they go to the the gamble bar. Like, I guess it, no gamble bar. Nope, nope. It's gamble bar. That's that's it's where we're gonna it's go. The equivalent it's of the, the gamble bar. Cafe. They went to yeah, a gamble, gamble bar. bar. No, they went to a gamble <laughs> bar. It's like a, but it wasn't even a casino. <laughs> it was like a bar. It was a gamble bar. I call yeah. it an underground casino, but you call it a gamble bar, and I think that's people better. That's what people call it. It's a gamble um, bar. That's what everyone calls it. So. They go there, they beat up the guy who breaks his fingers again. Hmm? But like nothing gets solved. They could still go after him. He has he he lost them fifty thousand dollars. They just said mm-hmm. two days prior that they were going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. And just because Duncan came in and hit a guy with a pool stick, they're done. Like mm-hmm. they're not gonna pursue him anymore. Like, like oh, we send him to Tucson. I think with a little bit of investigative work, they could very easily track him down and still murder him. Uh, despite the fact that Duncan came in and roughed up one guy for five minutes. Um, or why wouldn't they go after Duncan? And I have no idea. Like, why, it, it just, so that, that was a big plot hole at the end of the second episode. Where like What they probably should have done is they probably should have cut that montage in half uh, so that it was only 15 minutes long. And then they could use that other 15 minutes to actually write a better resolution to this episode. I guess what I'm saying is the only way to solve any problems, especially in a Highlander universe, is to just start cutting people's heads off. Mm-hmm. And I think the the uh, the bar guy, I think his name was Skaggs or something like that. Okay. Or whatever the hell's name was. Sure. I can't, I can't remember. He definitely needed to have his uh, head chopped off. And so, like, I was super disappointed that that there was no head getting chopped off in the second episode. And I there needs to be a one to one ratio of episode to head getting chopped off in this show. I feel like most importantly, you got to start the show off with a lot of head cutting. We only had one head got cut off in the first two episodes. That's that's just not enough. Like, I feel because it's it's the first two. It's the first two episodes. Like, you can have episodes later on that are a little bit more character development. They don't have it. Sure. But to start it off, you got to start off with a bang. And there just wasn't enough head banging going on. Like, you got to cut some more heads off is what I'm saying. Like, I just don't think there was enough. I was very disappointed. It's very sad. I don't remember each individual episode even remotely. Uh, I do remember a couple of key moments. <laughs> and, uh, and when did you watch these two episodes that you? Well, no, no, no. I meant, I meant, of? I meant from when I was younger. When I watched them younger, like none oh, of them I was, I individual meant, like, episodes don't understand. stand out. Yeah, there's a handful of moments. Like I remember when Tess died, and uh, I think it was like second season. I remember when Richie died, which is like end of season four ish. I want to say. I remember those types of things. I remember when the Watchers came into play with Joe. That was like season two. Uh, and then there were a couple of characters I remember, but like each individual arc, it's been a long time since I've really watched it, but I can tell you like if I were watching it now and you're telling me I'm signing up for a show where there's going to be a bunch of sword fighting and people are going to get their heads cut off and then they're going to get struck by lightning afterwards. And that's, I'm like, I'm down. But then I watch episode two and I'm like, Wait, there's not a head cut this? off or what lightning? is this? Yeah. And this is What's just some point? touchy feely stuff 
Like, oh god, it was terrible. Like, I it's didn't a care. very special terrible episode, episode of Highlander. It's Absolutely it terrible. It was a very special episode. Episode one was fine. Episode two is terrible. Absolutely terrible. I can't. What believe made episode one so awful. good was just how terrible Bull's acting was, and you know, like mixed that dude, with that dude was having fun. Lambert's Christopher Lambert's terrible acting and Adrian Paul's shirtlessness. Like you put all that stuff together, it is a cocktail of fantastic TV shows. I like to think that Richard Mall, who's who's Bull, by the way, that's who we keep referring to, because Night Court character. If, if for those of you who are young. Uh, but Richard Mole, when he, when he was doing his episode, when he was doing his acting, he he would do something, and then the the director would be like, like, no, that's not quite quite right. Can you can you make it worse? And Richard Mole was like, yeah, yeah, I can make it worse. Let me make it worse. Hang on one second. And then he just made it worse. And they were like, oh, can you a little bit more? You're at a you're at a seven in terms of badness. We want you we want you at a thirty five. And Richard Mole's like, I got you, I got you. And then he did. He just found it. He found it somehow. Because it was so over the top and so terrible, uh, and I loved it. But then, and then, but then, episode two came around. It was just like, here, can you feel about? Can you feel for these characters? And I'm like, I don't want to feel for these characters. I want to watch their heads cut cut off. I want to have stupid, over the top, ridiculous 1990s characters show up and get their head cut off by uh, by Duncan Cloud, Duncan McLeod, and Clam McLeod. That's what I want to see. I want to see fireworks, and I want them to fight in a warehouse where they can actually then set up like a Tesla machine to set like electricity between the different bars. Like yeah. you always notice they always fight somewhere where it's extremely conductive, like to where they're at. So, like, well, it's always got to be some like empty a, industrial area because they're in the city, which I guess well, is that first one was on a bridge. It was on a bridge where it's like mm. everything's made of metal. I thought right? the same thing too. I'm like, I'm like, Hmm, they're on a bridge. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Richie might have just got electrocuted to death. <laughs> He's, dead. He's dead. It's magical lightning. I also like. I also kind of wonder, like, how did the rules get passed down? You know, if you think about it. So there's a couple rules. Uh, you cut. There's there could be only one. Like I don't know, man. That sounds like marketing. Like why can there be only one? Why can't like two people just decide? Like yeah, I don't really want to fight any, fight you. Like okay, cool. I don't want to fight you too. Cool. Well, we're immortal, so uh, no one can do anything to us. So we're good. Like. I, I don't understand like where that came from, and then it's just like, hey, there's holy ground. All right, um, why? Like, why? Why is that there? So there's just a lot of questions, you know. I'm just did, did nobody ask why? Did no one really? These are the questions that the MCCU are here to answer. <laughs> I like uh... the McHugh. I like I like the McHugh. The the McHugh universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. So I guess overall impressions are as a pilot. And as a follow-up of an early 90s TV show, um, it's expected. There's nothing yeah. Yeah. There's nothing really outstanding about it. I think it would have to take like a full season and better action slash acting for me to really get into it. But as of right now, I think it's fine mm-hmm. as, a, as for what it is. Like it, there's no surprises here. Yeah. It's not it's – not, it's not lost season one, episode one pilot where you're like, this is one of the most amazing and what ended up being the most expensive pilot ever made, you know, cause it's basically a movie. So it's, it's not that type of stuff. Mm. Or Battlestar Galactica is, uh, to kind of throw it back to the beginning, Battlestar Galactica is a little mini series. that started off. That was just like, what is this? Uh, so it wasn't anything like that. Uh, don't watch this. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> like, just, just don't like, I, Oh man, like it hurts. So you're saying we're not continuing with the with the McHugh? I, I just uh, I would wonder about the oh point. It's, it's like 
I like revisiting stuff. I really do. Uh, I, it, it doesn't hold up. It totally doesn't. But like, I never expected it to hold up, you know? But then I started, when I realized... We're going to have to deep dive for a, a new universe to try and delve into. This is that. what happened, Justin. I was all on board with this idea. I still am on board with this exploring our past, right? And I'm not one who thinks that everything has to be remade. I definitely don't. Like stuff is what it is, right? It marks the it marks the period for all of its well, for all of the good and the bad, and there's plenty of both. But then I realized that watching the these two life. watching these the two episodes, watching these two episodes actually took up two hours of my life. And I'm not sure you can't, you can't get those back. I'm not sure I want to spend two hours watching this when I could be watching a Battlestar Galactica sci-fi channel marathon. All right, we'll keep exploring. We'll keep looking around. All right, this is what this podcast has become. It's become a journey. We're exploring okay? to find. It's, it's, it's and, a journey to find the perfect old TV show that we that want to keep watching. watching. Yeah. I I think I think. Babylon Five and Briscoe County Junior are my. I think two we go options. Briscoe next. Let's let's go Briscoe next. Okay, you um, keep avoiding Battle Babylon Five. I keep bringing up Babylon Five, and you're just like, nah, I'm just, I don't want to talk about. My it. My brother loves Babylon Five. I think he has the bo- he got the box set at some point, but mm. I've never watched it. But I I I I feel like Bruce Campbell is a good draw yeah. for all audiences. I always remember uh, Lloyd Boulder, or I think his name is Lloyd. Maybe I don't remember that well. I think it was Lloyd Boulder. Uh, He was pretty cool. I always liked him. Uh, All right. Anyway, let's finish this episode off. Uh, So if you like what you're hearing. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. We we totally forgot. We should just watch Night Court. I don't want to watch Night Court. (laughs) I don't want to watch Night Court. It's so hard watching like comedies for way back when. It's like sometimes I just don't laugh. I'm like. I don't get the context because I don't know. Uh, I wasn't an adult when this was, this was popular. Uh, all right. So if you like what you're hearing, catch us online, thelollygaggers.com. Catch us on Twitter. I'm at lollygaggerco. Justin's at Bias Justin. If you have ideas for like old uh, TV shows from like the 90s or earlier, or actually maybe even the early aughts and earlier, things that things that we might want, maybe they were like off the beaten path a little bit or they weren't the most popular things. Like don't say friends. Like I don't want to watch friends, uh, that kind of stuff. I'll do that. We can do that. No, no. Okay with that. I already watched Seinfeld like a couple times a week, so it's already taken care of. So uh, oh, I, I watched the friends. better version of friends. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so just throw us some ideas. That'd be cool. Uh, then let's see what else. Justin and I catch us on Thursday as we continue our uh, our Twitch show over on twitch.tv slash ZweihanderRPG, uh, where we're playing a role-playing game for about two, two and a half hours uh, every night, 9 p.m. Central, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, figure out the other ones uh, that you need to figure out. Uh, yeah, come. We're, we're pretty far in, and we had a pretty wonderful cliffhanger. Uh, you can catch our other podcasts, uh, Adventures in Lollygagging, uh, every Monday, wherever you find podcasts. Just search for it. You can find it. Uh, and then also Fridays and Saturday. I think Saturday this week, we also got another show that we're doing, uh, Mutant Year Zero, where we're doing kind of another role-playing game show. Uh, come check us out on twitch.tv slash the lollygaggers. Our upcoming podcast where we uh, do a deep dive into the Red Shoe Diaries. So that's going to be the next one. Oh, my gosh. With, uh, with Fox Mulder? Oh man, yeah, David yeah. Duchovny! Yeah, yeah. I uh, I remember wanting to watch that. I'm like, hey, mom, this has got, this has got the guy from from X Files. Can I watch this? And she's like, no, Jeffrey, no, you cannot. I'm like, why? She just said, no, Jeffrey, no, you cannot. Go outside and play. I'm like, all right. And I was like, I was like 16, so it was weird. Uh, all right, so uh, let's see. <laughs> 
Justin, final question for you. Uh, you're an immortal, okay, in the Highlander universe. Where are you from? Uh, what do you look like? And uh, what's your weapon of choice? Um, I'm from... So they can have any origin. So I'm from Alaska. All right. No, no. I'm from Antarctica um, because I'm too afraid to be a part of the quickening. So I feel like if I'm as far away from them as possible, I'm good. My weapon of choice <clears throat> is just a bag full of whale blubber that I hope to uh, survive off of in my times while I'm up there. So that's 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 my uh, way of surviving the quickening in that time. Just avoidance because there's no way I'm surviving handsome cut guys like Duncan McLeod anytime or bull. That means huge, right? So that's my choice. <laughs>